Welcome back to Sister Talk. I am your host, JM, and this is my co-host. I'm Tatiana. Um, today, we have two beautiful ladies. We have Mika and we have Davida. We're going to be talking about our experience as a Black woman and different things that entail and go into being a Black woman. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves. After you, Mika. <laughs> I have um, some trouble in the background, but however, I am, um, I believe, the older cousin of everybody that's participating in this one. So um, I'm 25. <laughs> my name is Tamika, and it's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. My name is Davida. Uh, nice to be here as well. Okay, how we do the show is we start off with a little bit of an icebreaker, and then we just jump right into it. So today for the icebreaker, I wanted to ask you, do you feel that Black women are the least protected? I can start because um, I do believe that Black women are the least protected in the world because um, I feel like we're less thought about. It is because of generations and generations before of strong Black women just being the carry up everything like they handle everything mothers never are off and things like that so yeah i believe that we are the least protected and um my opinion changed a little bit uh after speaking with some black men about you know their struggles as well but because I'm a black woman i'm in the forefront of that opinion so yeah i think so and just to piggyback off of what um, JM just said, I do think that Black women are the least protected because we do have like that strong image. So um, like in regards to just being able to carry everything all the time, I think because we have that strong image that, um, you know, we're kind of forgotten about, if that makes sense. Um, I'm used to seeing women having to play the male and female roles so much it's just second nature like it's it's no one for us to run to like we have to get it done so um as for myself I never thought about it like as a child I'm only 21 so I never thought about it as a child um but in college I studied women and gender studies um and it talks about like all different um races or cultures of women and I would say after those classes too like I can't, I saw like struggles that, you know, other races or other ethnicities faced, but I feel like it definitely made me realize that um, black women are like thought about last, like James said. Yeah, it kind of goes back to like um, the saying people say, check on your strong friends as well, because of the women being so strong, we forget to remember that they are human and they do have you know struggles as well mm -hmm. so it just to me that's when I think about like us just being thought of less because we so strong like we just stated before that's a good question that was really good it has me thinking about a million different things yeah even um even in that um that sometimes we forget to ask for help you know, trying to handle everything. And it's just, it's almost like an automatic thought process. Um, we have to get it done. So we always try to figure out how to get stuff done. And we forget that, um, you know, sometimes it's okay to ask for help in the struggle. Okay, so, um, you know, since we're talking about black women and everything, how do you guys feel about the negative stereotypes against black women as such as like being ghetto, loud, you know, aggressive in that manner. And um, Davida, you can start. Thank you, because you know I'm ready. Um, I, I found it offensive because I personally feel like I have more class than some other races. Like when we go places, I be looking at them like, oh, wow. Like I, I really be shocked at their behavior. Like they, they be ruling obnoxious. They don't speak like, everything they try to project on us is really how they act 
So I was just like, wow, it's just, they got a lot of nerve to me. And um, I think it's just, I think it's unfortunate, the stereotypical um, things that are placed upon us as women of color, because everybody is an individual. Everybody has their own specific type of personality. So um, I don't like it at all. Yeah, I was watching um, a TikTok, like I've been watching TikTok lately, and it was a woman speaking about um, her son asking other races, do they want to play? And he was, I think he's about like five or something. And they were like, no, or whatever. They didn't want to play with him. And he was the only black kid, but he saw them playing with other like the other kids except he was he felt left out and she was just stating like how um we were brought up where you don't act like this in public don't touch nothing you're not gonna buy it and when you look at other races they kids be going you know not to bash any other race but mm-hmm. they kids be kind of you know climbing their own stuff like they have no home training and I feel like it goes back to that like Davida stated like everything they project on us it's kind of like when you look, you know, you turn around and look, it, it, yeah. you know, so I do feel like it's just stereotype. And like Mika said, everybody is their own individual self because I'm not loud or I'm not ghetto. And it's all those type of people in every different race. I've seen it myself. So it's not just on a particular race that someone can be ghetto loud or, you know, aggressive or whatever like that. Right. I agree. You know, by me being the mother of many, <laughs> each one of my children are very different in personality type. I have a very loud one. I have somebody who's obnoxious. You know, I have somebody that's um, super quiet. So it's just, it's unfortunate, especially when it comes to race, because I think that's one of the, besides money, is something that uh, really divides us and kind of put a blinder on our eyes. And it stops us from having relationships with people that we could have um, great relationships with. Um, I wanted to piggyback off what Davida and JM was saying about like being in public and like seeing, you know, other people's like mannerisms and stuff. Um, like I work in a restaurant where I like waitress. So like everyone like de- don't want people with kids and stuff because like, you know, the kids are going to be unruly. And I'd say from like my few years of working in the restaurant industry and in the tables that I've served, my personal experience is that like, it would be like the other, you know, races maybe, or some people that are just like, let their kids do whatever, let them run everywhere, let them make like a whole mess and stuff. And like mm-hmm. the black people are like, no, you need to sit down, you eat your food, you need to do this. Like, and it's like, tell them like, like you'll cry. Mm-hmm. I feel like more structure from what I've personally seen. I haven't seen everybody in the world, obviously, but from what I've personally seen, like more structure is put on by like, probably like black people, like Hispanics. They like put more structure into their kids and stuff. But I know we usually tend to be like, no, I don't want that table. We we can't say we don't want it, but like we think like, oh, they have like six or they have ten kids, and we know the kids are going to be like, hey. Mm -hmm. I think too, um, our culture, going back to what you said as far as like the Hispanics and the Blacks, I think because of how maybe we are already perceived. Um, just going back to like when our grandmothers were little, they were probably taught, you know, you better act this way because we're already being looked at a certain way, you know, so that's been kind of passed down to us. That's what I believe. I got another um, idea. Okay. Sometimes I hate to admit it. I do see like our race acting a certain way. And I agree with that statement with Mika said, like, you know, we already get looked at a certain way and some people do make it worse I'd be like oh lord like don't do it don't do it like it's not worth it and then they act out and I'd be like (laughs) but yeah but yeah I was gonna say exactly what Mika said as well I feel like it goes down from you know the past of how um we were perceived back then our ancestors what they had to go through and like you know, black people make things dirty or whatever the case may be. You know, so that's why we probably was brought up in this way or whatever, because we're trying to protect our image. And I did used to feel that way like the Vita, but now it's like 
they don't protect who they, they don't try to have who they are. They might not speak to you. They might look at you with disgust and stuff like that. So it's just like, I'm going to be loud and proud of my, you know, who I am. I love the best thing God could have made me was black and a woman. And I'm just happy that he, I'm back. <laughs> um, so, like, I don't, I really don't care to be around people that don't want to be, you know, I don't want to force my way into somewhere where I'm not wanted. I just rather make my own path where we are accepted and we love on ourselves other than try to force our way in somewhere, you know, like just make our own lane. We made everything else. Right. That was back. a sermon. You preached that <laughs> Um, okay, so as far as like the stereotype uh, about how do you guys feel about the workplace, how they perceive the black woman, as far as, you know, hair and the way we dress and, you know, we, a lot of black women are shapey. So the things that they wear, they got to be cautious about, like, what are your, you guys's, you know, opinion or thoughts on that? Um, me, I personally think that some time ago, it used to be a little bit more conservative, but I think that it's kind of changing now. Um, and I'm saying that because just over time, you know how black women used to be looked down on, you know, for their big butt, big lips. And now people are trying to get big butt and big lips who are not mm. African-American. So um, I think in that aspect, it may be changing a little bit. Of course, I think that we're still supposed to carry ourselves as professionals in the workplace, but I don't really think that that's a, I don't really think that that's a big thing nowadays. What do you think, guys? Um, I've only been in the, the workforce for about five years. So I would say personally, I haven't, well, I also haven't had a job that like required professional, like clothing attire. Um, but I'd say I haven't ran into that yet. Cause I've just worked in restaurants, which is like you wear like t-shirts and meetings or something like that. So I'd say I haven't ran into that yet. But like Mika said, like, I feel like that curviness isn't looked down upon now because it's like, it's really, really trendy versus like the early 2000s and like the 90s being really, really slim was the, um, like what was trying to be attained and that was trendy. So now that like being curvy is trendy, it goes outside of like black people because like black people or black women they're like they may be born curvy and then the other races are just like trying to achieve curviness anyway so it's like it's gonna be hard to discriminate against that because it's trendy okay um i would like to say um i work in healthcare, so we wear scrubs and it's kind of like a good thing like we look really good in our scrubs like the curves be headed like we don't get no backlash they like to see us coming <laughs> Yeah. So I want to bring up what Tatiana said, like as far as her um, work history. And it's not to, like, if you don't want to speak on it, you don't have to. But, you know, when you were working in Hooters, I felt that you couldn't, you know, embrace, because you used to wear more of your natural hair a lot as far as like the curly look and stuff like that. And they kind of told you guys you had to wear straight hair. And ain't nothing straight about black women hair, you know, naturally. So to me, that's kind of forcing that straightness on you. Like you have to put heat, like for us, we try to protect our hair from heat. Mm -hmm. And for your job to only say that you can wear straight hair or you couldn't wear braids and stuff, you know? So you couldn't, I, you couldn't wear braids at my job. You couldn't wear braids. Um, It was something called like corporate versus franchise. I forgot which one it was. So at ours, we couldn't wear braids. And then um, it wasn't straight hair. They said like it, it had to be down. And then like, you know, some protective styles are like not down. Like I used to always do half up, half down when I did wear my, my natural hair in high school a lot. But then um, hoodies had to be all the way down. And then it had to look like combed and tamed. So it was like, they like worded it a certain way, but it was kind of like more on the straight side because in like the little like flip book of like pictures or whatever um, of hairstyles, like natural hair wasn't in there. So it had to look combed and tamed. So it didn't say straight, but it basically was like more on the straight side and then all the way down. Cause if it wasn't all the way down, I probably would just like wear my hair curly all the time and then just do half a path down. Cause I like that style when my hair is like natural. So it was like that and then we couldn't wear braids, which was like also 
So who do you think in that in your in that work field it was, you know, like it probably wasn't hard for the other race. I don't want to pinpoint any race, but like for me, I like different hairstyles and stuff like French braids that protects our hair. And, um, you know, I, I just felt when you worked out, I was like, it made me yeah. turn my face a little bit just because it's like how many um, other races wear French braids? Mm-hmm. It was only- like, my bad. <laughs> it was only one other um, black girl that worked there. Um, when I first started working there and then she was more so into like wigs and like weaves and stuff which is like her preference um, and then towards the end it was like one black girl that worked there but for the majority of this time I worked there, I worked there for two years so I'd say for at least like a year and a half it was I was the only black girl um, so as soon as I stopped working there like I just kept getting braids because I didn't get it for like a whole two years I kept getting braids and right now I work at a secret boiling place and it's me and another black girl and we both like have braids and we're saying how we're going to get braids like for the rest of the year. So I just couldn't imagine going back now that I'm like, I don't know how I did it. And now my hair is like really, really heat damaged because I straightened my hair a lot when I worked at Hooters. And not to bash them or anything. I just feel like they, they changed the wording, dress it up where we feel like we've been, like we, elevating in the world where we're being accepted when really it's not like yeah the, the curviness is more accepted but it, it took other race to accept it or want it for it to become acceptable or like the kardashians started wearing french braids so they started making it like they came out with the french braids excuse me i you know so it's just like yeah they accepted more but it take it took other people to to do it for yeah. it to be you know, accept it. You know, I'm not angry or anything. I just won't. I feel like we need our credit. We've been doing this. Exactly. So. Yeah. So it took somebody outside of our race, basically, to make known what's natural to us to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I honestly feel like everything we do doesn't get accepted until another race does it. And I just think that's so crazy. Like, like they literally steal everything we do and run with it. And now the whole world likes it. That's crazy. That's how I feel TikTok is. No offense to TikTok. If you ever want to, you know, boost my life up a little <laughs> bit, I accept. I do feel like uh, other races get real big off of doing dances that we've been doing. Like they are real. They have so many followers or they get so much notoriety from just dancing like we've been doing, you know, like, or like a, uh, like, I'm gonna say Caucasian rapper will get way more publicity or you know notoriety because they rap well when it's a thousand black men rapping well. You know what I mean? Like so it's just like because they I don't know how to explain it, but I, I just feel like I, I feel like like okay, oh Lord, I'm trying to find a good way to say it. I feel like okay, the things that we do, we're so good at it, right? And that's never going to change because we are created from greatness. So that's like in our DNA. So as opposed to trying to like, you can't kill off everybody, you know? So you have to try to make use of what you can make use of the way that it'll benefit, you know, you trying to get credit off of it. So kind of like how, you know, before marijuana became legal, people were in jail for years and years and years, you know? serving time for marijuana now all of a sudden it's legal I, I think because whoever's in charge of the system that legalizes stuff they they came together and was like okay we can't stop it it's gonna happen so let's try to figure out a way to capitalize off of it you know what I'm saying so if that makes sense I I can I can definitely see that I never looked at it like that either so that's a good way to look at it Oh yeah, do you rest in healthcare? So I was telling you something about it's more dangerous for um, black women, like pregnancies and births and stuff. Yeah, they do say that a little bit. So uh, let's touch on you know uh, the black women in healthcare and um, whoever wants to start, you know, on that subject, you can or you can explain a little bit about it, Davida. <laughs> I never thought you asked. Okay, so um, 
I'm a licensed practical nurse. Um, I've been working in geriatrics for the past three or four years. And if you don't know what that is, it's really like the elderly population. And I love it. Um, but I do um, have some patients who think because I'm African-American that I don't know what I'm doing. And I literally have ran circles around other races. No offense to them, but like, I can do it in my sleep, you know, like, um, or like some other races of nurses, they don't want to learn from me. Like if I try to show them how to do something, they're like, that's okay. Why well, ask somebody else? And I noticed like that the, somebody else who they go ask is the same race as them. And I'm like, oh, wow. So maybe she just think, assuming that I don't know what I'm doing or I'm not as intelligent or, and I was, I found that pretty offensive, but then they always get up beating my help. And I, I still help them, but I'll just be like, I hope they learned a lesson from doing it. Like, other than that, I love it. But sometimes they underestimate, like, your education. Like, we, we got the same license. I went through the same thing you went through to get mine, so. That is really something else. Um, I'm in school for um, occupational therapy. And the history of occupational therapy started with, of course, some, you know, Caucasians. And um, the schools that I have been blessed to attend, they are actually trying to break the image of what OT and OTA looks like because it's a lot of Caucasian you know, faces. So um, in the real world, patients are not only Caucasian, you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of brown skin patients. And uh, fortunately, um, the people that run the programs that I've attended are trying to, um, you know, open the door for brown colored people to um, have access as pra practitioners to the clients. Because um, occupational therapy is a little different than just being a nurse or a doctor. Um, we kind of treat patients based off of what's meaningful to them. And it might be some patients that don't like, you know, um, Caucasians or Hispanics. And then if you don't have any black people in the healthcare field, then what are you gonna do? You're gonna not treat this patient. So, but it's unfortunate how the world and the whole just looks at us, like um, Davida was saying, based off of our skin color, like we're ignorant and we don't know much, um, you know, just like we have all these deficits that disqualify us from certain things. And I think it's very important for people to see themselves in the, like, a nurse, like representation is very important nowadays or whatever. It's just for the future as well for kids to see, oh, I could be this, oh, it's someone, she looks just like me or whatever. And me personally, I would want to, you know, obviously I've seen all type of doctors, but I wouldn't mind, you know, working with someone that possibly could know what I'm going through. Cause a lot of people, like as far as dermatology, I have a lot of skin issues or whatever the case may be. They don't know how to handle our skin or treat our skin. They think they could just give you the this answer to, and it answers all skin types and it don't. So, and then as far as like uh, women being needed surgery or being pregnant in the, you know, you do want to know that you're being taken care of or we're not look, being looked at as like, our life don't matter. Cause I, I do know they say uh, it's a high rate of black women dying during, during childbirth. So I think it's important just to see representation in, in those fields and all fields for that matter. I want to kind of piggyback of what I said. Um, Okay, one thing, once I wanna talk about a positive thing about um, working in healthcare as a black woman. When I do see like African-American patients, like they be so happy to see me and they be like proud of me. They be like, wow, like you did it, you went to school and you're so young. Like some people be like, they always, like I'm the nurse, right? They always assume I'm a CNA because some CNAs be like 16, 17, 18. I mean, I do even though I look good or whatever, but. Uh, I'd be like, no, I'm 25. You know, I've been doing this for a few years now. I kind of give them a little report about me so they can feel more comfortable. But I'm like, yeah, I got this, you know. I got you, you good. So I like that about it. That's why representation is is real good, you know. I'm proud of you as well as just your cousin, you know. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, to go back to what JM said, um, I go to the dermatologist on a regular for my scalp because um, I have like a type of alopecia. So like when I first switched dermatologists, I think she's like maybe Hispanic. I'm not sure. You know, they have like finer hair, so it's probably like easier to see their scalp. So like she was trying to tell me that like, oh, your hair still looks pretty thick. Like my middle is thinner than the rest of my hair. So I'm trying to show her my hair and she was trying to tell me that my hair is like thick overall and kind of not trying to like help me with anything. She was just saying like, no, it still looks pretty thick. And I'm like, no, like I have to part my whole head and stuff to like show her that like this area is like thinner than the rest of the area, no matter if it's like thick, but it's like, I don't know. So I can like, if I would have had maybe like a DaVita, then it would have been like more understandable. Just not like, oh, your hair looks thick overall. Like, no, I have like an issue with my whole hair, or jam nose, that like, you know, it's falling out and stuff before. So you have to catch it when it's thinning instead of like waiting until it's gone. Was trendy on other like races but then it's like ghetto on black people and when I first was thinking about this like area to talk about I personally thought of like jewelry because I know um Coachella is like you wear a lot of jewelry and stuff and it's supposed to be like really cute but then I had learned like in one of my classes like a few years ago that like all, like all the rings and stuff that like black people would wear and like big hoops and stuff was like supposed to be like ghetto but then like now Coachella is like they wear a bunch of jewelry and it's just so cute and it's so like you know so I, I that's what I thought about when I thought about something that was like trendy now maybe on other races but it's like used to be like not trendy and like seen as ghetto and black people yeah that's the same thing like how uh Mika stated before like the curviness of women black women probably wasn't as acceptable in the other races eyes but now that is trendy or you know they can get the surgery to look like us you know it's acceptable and you can now see curvy models and stuff back then you know you had to be like this to be a model and now everybody can be models now which is cool and i'm thankful for it or whatever I'm, i love change or whatever but um we've been curvy we've been here <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is a touchy subject for me, you guys. Sorry. Something I noticed about hair. Um, okay, I work in healthcare. I keep saying that, but it's just what I do. But it's a lot of hairstyles that I want, but I don't I don't get it because I don't want to I can't wear it to work. Like because I'll be looked at different, or they might pull me to the side, or they might say something. But then if I see another race come in there with it, they think it's cute or they won't say nothing to them. And then something that's kind of touchy, like, okay, you know how uh, some races have blonde hair, but if I come in there with a hair full of blonde hair, they will say something to me. I don't understand it. It's the, literally the same thing. Like it, like if uh, another girl come in there with pink hair from another race, they're like, oh, that's cute. But if I come in there with pink hair, they're like, that's unprofessional. So I'm just trying to get a, a clear understanding of what's, what makes it unprofessional because I got it on. Um, I hate that. I hate it. I hate yeah. it so bad. I worked for a college um, back in my day. Um, I'm a little <laughs> up there, but back oh, well, back I used to work for a college, and that that wasn't acceptable for us to wear it. And I used to see um, a lot of other races, mostly Caucasian, with like you know color hair or whatever. But for us black people is considered, it's more acceptable now, people wear color and stuff, as far as just anywhere you see it. But back then you couldn't, I couldn't wear like no pink hair or no blue braids or something that, that automatic baby like ghetto. So I just, it's just real funny when you sit back and think about things like we've been doing this stuff. Um, I've never had an issue with hair color, <laughs> but here recently, since I um, go into like different clients' homes, I do tend to think about like, how are they going to perceive me because of how my hair is, you know, because I do the twist outs and I, I just question it for some reason. I don't know why, maybe because of, you know, what I know that's stereotypical about how people think about women of color with curly hair or natural hair. But if my hair is like what, how it is now, I don't worry about it. But if I do a twist out, it's, it's I'm second guessing it. Yeah, when I do my, because I used to wear that, my natural curly hair sometimes, 
when I like go out, you know, I, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm really done up. Like, I feel like the world took the, um, took our, uh, confidence in wearing our own real natural curly hair where I feel like I'm not really that dressed up if I don't get my hair straight down you know like I just I definitely can't understand like how you feel about that and I love wearing my curly hair and stuff I haven't worn it in a while that, that's a good point I didn't think about it like that um, but what Davida has said, it had made me remember something um, about the hair color because at Hooters they also had to be like natural colored hair. So if you if you were white, you could um, dye your hair. Like this girl, she wasn't a natural. I'm saying white because I know a specific person, but um, this girl, she was white, and her I think her hair was like brown or something. But she dyed her hair like a ginger, like reddish, and that's still considered like natural because her hair could be ginger red, but technically like black people, there are like black gingers, you know, um, some black people have like lighter hair. Um, some black people have blue eyes and stuff, but that what Davida said reminded me of that because she was like a brunette and then she dyed her hair red and it still was considered like, people don't know she could be a ginger or not, but other races could be ginger too. It's crazy that a job that was just a job and not a career for you had that much power over your life in, in, in a sense. And I'm not just talking about you, I'm just talking about in general for them to think that they could control that much of what you do, how you do your hair, how you color your hair, how you, like, that's a lot just for you to be a job. And you're, it's not a career, you're not changing my life. You know, like, just to think, like, they, they that was a lot of control to have. So now we're going to talk about maybe some disrespect from males. Um, mm. mm-hmm. We're going to talk about like colorism first, like um, men's preference, which everyone can have their preference, of course, but their preference and like how they word it or how they go about it, maybe wanting someone with lighter skin because they feel like that's more soft, but we're going to talk about that a little bit. Damn, you can start. Yeah, okay, so I can start. Um, like uh, Tatiana stated before, everyone is entitled to their own preference or the things that attract them. My biggest issue, and I'm only going to speak on what I know, I'm going to speak on the Black men, because that's more of who I'm around, or the people I hear talking or whatever. Like when they speak about that preference, if it's not a Black woman, it, instead of them saying, I like this, that, that, they be like, I like this person because Black woman is this, Black woman is that. Instead of, you know, just stating what you like or what your preference is, you don't have to bring another race in or downplay, you know, Black women to make your reason for liking the other people make sense. So that's my only thing about when it comes to them speaking of their preference is like bringing us down like we can like other race or other men and not have to bring down black men because we are the biggest protector of black men even when we feel the least protected by them we still are out fighting for them and standing up for them so that's my you know light touch because I could go harder but I would just lightly touch on that was good I'm thinking about how when I hear guys say stuff about like what black women are and like what JM was saying, this is why I don't want a black woman. I think it's really offensive, you know? And um, cause I, I hate that. And I guess this goes with everything, but specifically um, with, with the subject that we're talking about, I just feel like when they do that, they categorize every single woman in the same thing. And so, the, you know, like you're looking at one woman like she's everybody and that's not the case I think it's I think it's very mature I think it has to do with the mindset of the person you know depending on like how they've been hurt or their experience in the relationship but at the same time no matter what you've experienced you have to you have to know how to get over that you have to um, be mature enough to um to experience your own healing you know what I'm saying because if if the mindset of a man is like that about a black woman then it's like, oh, you having black kids, you know what I'm saying? 
What if you have five black girls? So yeah, I don't like it. And to touch on what you said, as far as um, they have to deal with the things that hurt them or what they dealt with, it's, it's crazy because how we allow people, us women allow, and it, I'm gonna say women because other races may do it as well, but we allow them to be able to get over their hurt, but they expect us to get beat, battered, smacked up, mistreated, and still come out as this beautiful flower. flower. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's why I say we the least protected, but we the most understanding. And, you know, we, we still give them chance after chance after chance after chance after chance, even when they prove they so not deserving of chance but I'm not God so I can't tell anyone when their chances are over but with me <laughs> I'm, I'm that's all I got to say I think that might go um you know well to me what it made me think about was the um the image that we hold as black women you know what I'm saying as far as being strong but I guess um I've heard some men in the past say stuff about it's almost as if this individual that I'm talking about had in his mindset that no matter what I do, you know, my, my lady is supposed to always be there. No matter how much I mess up, no matter what I take her through, she should always be there. Like, don't ever change, just stay the same, you know, and that's impossible. So it's just, I just think that when it comes to that, you have to have the right mindset or you're categorize everybody into the same box. Um, I would like to say that, um, it's very hurtful. Um, like I hear a lot of backlash about black women coming from black men. And it's just so crazy to me because your mother is a black woman. So I don't, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, also sometimes black men expect us to treat them as if we're their mom. And it's like the things that your mother might've did, I'm not going to do it. Or like I'm, it's like we don't put up with a lot of stuff, but then we do put up with a lot of stuff. So it's kind of like they like us when they like us, and then when they don't, they don't. But it's like they can't live with us, can't live without them. So it's just like I don't know, but it's just like I honestly I don't hear any other race but African American men talk about black women so bad. Like I just all they always hear them saying like, "Were we not doing right?" Like. I, I don't really, I hear bad more than good. And I just, I can't understand it for the life of me. Like, I don't think I, I might not have ever heard no good, honestly. Like they just always talk about black women and, and why they don't want to deal with them no more and all that. And I'm just like, okay, well, do we do anything right? Cause y'all always in our face and we always taking y'all back and y'all keep having these baby showers and gender re reveals. So it gotta be very much something. <laughs> <laughs> they keep you know you coming back you know what I'm saying so it's just like yeah I think and then also I think it might just be like a big front like they just want to say it because they think it sound cool but like or do y'all really love us like is it a love hate kind of thing I don't know I don't know what's wrong with them yeah so I feel like um to touch on what Davida said like as a black woman and see like I have a lot of black women in my life, my cousins, sisters, and I just feel like it, for the most part, I feel like we don't never get the man fixed, if that makes, like together, like him mm. already together. It's like pretty much we building him up or working through, and if the man is there, we didn't went through fire, hell, and hot water to, to, to enjoy this moment, and I, I, sometimes it makes me sad because it's like, do we not deserve the gold and the, you know what I mean? Like, it just gets you to think, like, do we have to go through this? Why do we have to go through all these battles? Just to have stuff? a good moment, basically. I, yeah. um, I, I've thought about that a lot. And I think that because of just maybe the experience that we are used to growing up, you know, because we, well, in my opinion, I've never seen a functional relationship where it was just, you know, a lot of mutual respect and, you know, just a good balance and not a lot of toxicity. So I think that because of what we were used to, um, used to seeing or used to seeing 
exemplified in front of us that's um even like from being a, a female that has had experience in a toxic relationship a couple of them <laughs> i think almost to a point you think okay you know you have to deal with this or this is something that you know i have to experience because of what i want or who i want and we don't have to accept that you know what i'm saying so and it's just unfortunate i think it just comes from a lot of uh, misteaching and immaturity and sometimes on both parts and it could come from uh in a sense it makes me think of like um us not knowing our worth or thinking that at least we get this at least you got that like as if we're not worthy of getting the the highest mm-hmm. i've heard people say well at least he's not beating you up at least he's not doing this and it's like okay just because he's not i gotta look at what he's not doing to mm-hmm. so happy with the things that he might be doing so right. yeah like you have to settle in one area to get the benefits out of another and that's not the case I think a lot of us think that, but that's not, we don't have to settle for that, you know? And that's why I love, um, not to keep going back to TikTok, TikTok sponsor me if you need me, but um, not to be going back to that, because, but I've been on TikTok a lot lately and uh, I love seeing like black girl luxury. Like it's showing us that black girls deserve all the good stuff. We shouldn't think that we can't driving nice cars, live in mansions, wear the mm. best of that's like I love that little okay. trend of black girl luxury because people do look like who she thinks she is. Why she thinks she uh why she wearing all this stuff? Who she trying to be? She trying to be herself. She deserves nice things too. So it just makes me think of that like us not knowing our worth and us becoming to know our worth is like um they don't like it. And, mm-hmm. and when I say I mean like men. Um, I watch a couple of these guys on YouTube, two um, young black men, and they kind of talk about relationship stuff all the time. Um, A lot of things that they speak of is how, you know, men don't respect women in our culture, though. And they just basically give a lot of good information out there as to like why they think things are like that between the black woman and the black man and how it has just been a lot of... um, misguidance in that area especially with like men though you know what I'm saying because I feel like when men have a certain image in their head about women and it could be vice versa too but I think a lot of stuff um sits on the shoulders of men but a lot of our men um have not come to a point of maturity to where they can help the woman grow you know what I'm saying how they should that's my opinion and I do want to put out there, there are great men out there. We're not like bashing men, but we're just speaking on that subject. You know, I know a lot of great men. So I'm just putting that out there. I love all the men out there. And you know, I do. I got a lot of Black men that I'm raising. So, yeah. You know what I find ironic is that um, Black men especially speak on so much about what a Black woman should be and they aren't even a man so i'm just trying to understand how, how do you set the criteria or who died and made you guys i mean you know what i'm saying so like we always got these crazy expectations that like you can't get them to take out the garbage or cut the grass or fix a doorknob or put a light bulb in you know so i'm just trying to understand like well what are you supposed to be doing but we'd be more like accepting to them and like they go to jail, they call you to bail them out. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. Like, I feel like they're very confused. Like uh, Mika said, they're not mature enough. Like, I don't know, it's like women, I feel like we got so much love to give to them, but they just, they act like they hate us, but then they love us. I don't know, they don't know what they want to do. Like for instance, like, I'm not trying to get all love you, W, but I have so much love to give, like, and to a black man, especially, it's no offense to any other races, because I'm not saying, you know, we can't make something happen, but I want to have, like, a beautiful black family one day, these beautiful chocolate babies, like, I just want it, you know what I'm saying, but unfortunately, with this dating scene, it's nobody that I've previously dated, dated now that I would have their child, and it's sad to say that, but it's like, oh, no. Like, I'm beyond scared straight because I'm just like, no, 
that's not going to work. It's sad to say, I think what I do think that is good that you recognize that because mm-hmm. I feel like, um, like when it comes to the area of relationships that even though men may be mature, you know, I'm not saying that the woman is always mature, but um, keeping in context as to what we're talking about, if the man is not mature and the woman doesn't know her worth, I think that that's a recipe for disaster right there. And I think one of the reasons why um, things keep being repeated in that way is because of that dynamic. Like a lot of women, I guess maybe because of what we want. I know, speaking personally, my uh, past situations have been always what um, me accepting certain things because of the idea of what I wanted, you know what I'm saying, or what I was hoping for. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I was super mature because I'm still growing and learning a lot of stuff. But I think when you have someone who's immature and they're looked at as the man, you know, it's just a lot of unbalance and a lot of toxicity that that can happen just because of the dynamics of of both the man and the woman. I think um, it's important, like I really, really preach. I haven't you know, went there yet, but I kind of think therapy would help a lot of things where we kind of could learn more about ourselves than what we can, you know, give. But until we feed into ourselves, it's not, it's not going to work. Cause I, I saw, or I had issues in my um, previous relationship where I realized I expected him to respond a certain way. Cause what I think a person should do or how I think a person like more so of I realize it might be daddy issues or like what I picture a, a great man should be so I'll picture it this is what he should do so I have car problems I feel like he should just run to me and drop everything and it's like I I might need to sit back and you know like I, I realize I, I I put some of my issues into like him as well if that makes sense like so I just feel like we all should like get therapy or most like therapy ain't a bad thing to you know just to to see how the way you react why you're reacting this way or why you feel this way like I haven't personally started but I want to and I think that's awesome yeah I I would suggest that too just like as an individual just trying to grow and maneuver through life I think that's important and I think like even if we can't afford therapy that, you know, because we want to grow and become better as individuals, that it's okay to ask the questions like you were just saying, like, why do I respond like this? Why is it that I allow these things, you know? And I think with certain questions that we ask ourselves, we'll start getting a lot of answers as to why we respond or react to certain things or even accept certain things that we accept off of people. Um, I wanted to touch a little bit on what JM said, um, how you said that you were sitting and thinking that you may have like some of those um, things that you were expecting a person might be like daddy issues. Um, I was just thinking that like dad issues could be like in reverse, like I'm raised by my father and like um, now my brother like lives with me. So what Davida was saying about like the men have like all these high expectations, but can you like change the tire? They, they don't take out the trash, like that type of stuff. Like me and my sister, we live with our dad and our brother and we don't worry about that type of stuff. I feel like they're like older. So I feel like men now like 20s, it's just kind of like, they don't think about, you know, car issues, like what the man's supposed to do around the house, but then they'll expect so much. Like I know if I have any type of car issue when I went to go, um, when I wanted to go get a car, my brother sat in there for like eight plus hours with no problem, no complaints, like helped me find the car. And if there's anything like trash day, I don't know, me and my sister, we don't worry about trash day. That's like up to my dad and my brother. We don't worry about any like yard work and stuff. So it's just like the expectations are really high, but then are you doing like that type of stuff? So I feel like I'm gonna have issues when I like try to get serious with someone. Um, I'm thinking like, well, my dad and my brother can do X, Y, and Z. Can you do this? Like, I think that's what I'm gonna think. So I feel like it could work in a different way that your expectation could still be high from somebody because you, you've seen what a man does or what a man can do. I think, um, oh, I'm glad Tatiana said that about the expectations, guys, because I dealt with someone and, okay, he came over. He didn't take my garbage out. Do you know how upset I was? Like, 
I never talked to him again. But just because he didn't take the garbage out, don't mean he wasn't a good guy. But how can you walk past it? Like my brother or my father would never, especially my dad. Like I'm a daddy's girl, real, real bad. So I don't let nobody's son play with me. Like I don't see it, and I, I, I that's probably a reason too. Like I refuse to settle. Like I know I don't have to deal with anything. Like I'm not chasing nobody. Men want to be courted, and you, they want you to open the door for them, take them out, buy them flowers. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not here for. It. I'll be single till I die, and I'm dead serious. Like I'll be alone in a room. Like I don't. It's not that deep for me to have a man if you're not gonna um, do what you're supposed to do. I'm sorry. Well, that's why I think that is super important that when people start relationships and start, um, yeah, just basically start relationships and obviously we talking about long-term relationships, you know, so I think that's, that I think it's super important for people to sit down with each other in the beginning phases of the relationship and, and, and voice their expectations and be honest about you know, in the real world, happy, honest world, <laughs> you know, what I'm capable of doing. This is who I am. This is what I'm used to doing. You know what I'm saying? And then you come to a happy medium. Um, I think a lot of us get into relationships and things that it just happens. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's expressing what they're capable of doing, their um, expectancies or, you know, their tolerances, none of that. I think relationships usually just happen. And I think that that's why we end up gradually dealing with a lot of stuff that we don't want to deal with and just settling and putting up with a lot of stuff and living through toxicity and chaos that's why they say communication is very important in the relationships and in that that's in relationship friendship sistership brothership whatever you know anything communication is really important because how will we know anything or how we know you feel in some type of way and I'm big on communication it's hard for me not to communicate like it's really hard for me not to say something so and I do like that in my current relationship I mean we do you know butt heads or whatever but the communication like I, you can't say you ain't know how I felt because trust me I didn't told you right you know like I, I learned that I, I'm big on communicating. It could be that I have so many people to talk to. And so I'm, um, it's easier for me to talk to people that I trust. And um, I wanted to piggyback off what Davida said as far as her saying that she she's not just going to settle. And I love that because a lot of people at her age, she's like 25, people be ready to try to settle down and make force things to work because they feel like they don't have no other choice or this is the end all be all. I feel like be young, date, you know, figure out the world. There's so many different people in the world. It's so much to see. Why not, you know, explore before you settle down to something that's going to be forever because that's what we want it to be forever. So um, I love to hear that you say you're not going to settle because when I was 18, 19, I was in a relationship and I was ready to, you know, settle down. I ain't know nothing. I, I was just about hurt. to see that. Like 25 <laughs> is still super young. Um, I'm gonna let the viewers guess my age, but I'm not, I'm not 25. <laughs> but 25 is still young. I think um even at my age, I'm still learning a lot, you know. I'm still, I guess because I invested so much of myself into like family and other people early on that I was preoccupied with, with that part of my life as opposed to me developing as an individual. So I think that that's super, super important. And I think when you're focused on, you know, your mindset and uh, figuring yourself out, then when you um, become as mature as you can at that point before you meet somebody, then you will be able to recognize things that you don't wanna deal with a little bit easier because you won't have so much in your way, you know, mentally. But I know submiss submissiveness was um, a trendy topic like last week in social media. Um, they were saying, someone was saying how she likes to be submissive and it just sparked a whole controversy topic. So I want mm. to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Not That's that specific. A one. That's a good one. Tatiana, <laughs> go first. I want you to go first. Okay, I'll go first. So I watched this one podcast um jm does too it's b simone and um megan 
So basically one thing that they talked about before about submissiveness and like letting the man lead basically is like, they explained it like getting into a car. And she said like, I'm happy to get in the car, let him lead, but do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're driving to? So I think when men think like they want a woman to be submissive to them, but it's like, are you worthy and capable of leading? Do you have a plan for us? Are you willing to take on like the baggage and, you know, just like basically are you capable of handling the whole situation or do you just want someone to be like, yeah, I'm letting him lead and y'all don't know where you guys are going. I agree with that 100, 200%, okay? Because I think when we hear the word submissive, a lot of people probably think control or obey, like you gotta be obedient, you know what I'm saying? And I think the word submissive or submissiveness, it um, it has a lot, it's a lot to say in just that one word. Because I think, okay, in the event that, you know, I, I'm in a relationship, we're going to both be submissive to each other. It doesn't mean that I just have to follow everything he says. I think he's going to be, you know, and um, I can't remember where in the Bible, but it talks about the man being submitted unto God. And then, you know, the woman being submitted unto the husband It's somewhere in there, something like that. But I feel like if, if uh, in my, for me personally, my God will have to be submitted unto the Lord. If he doesn't have a relationship with God, then who is he listening to, to lead us anywhere? And, um, you know, I feel like women have to understand the, the man's vision. Do you even want to walk this way? Um, I think submissiveness has a lot to do with respect and all of everything that, um, Tatiana said, because where are you going? Where are you taking me? And then you have to be a strong enough woman, you know, to be like, okay, this doesn't make sense. And if your husband is submitted, then he'll listen to you and your suggestions because it's a lot of wisdom that come out of women. So, yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with control. I think it's people think obey, you know, obey the man, respect the man, kneel down, bow down, all of that stuff. That doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, so um, my little portion on that is um, I definitely, you know, back in the day, the older you get, the more mature and, you know, more knowledgeable you get. So back in the day, I would have thought, oh, you want me to just sit back and be yes, sir, no, sir, like that. That's what submissive would have looked like to me in my mind. And me being who I am, oh, no, I'm never going to be whatever. But I feel like any woman that is in a relationship with a man, a husband, wife, should be submissive to their partner or should be okay with being submissive. And when I say that, I say you shouldn't be in a relationship or a marriage without knowing that he know what he's doing. You trust in what he's leading you. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't marry someone where I feel like he has no plan, he has no I, no leadership. I don't trust him to lead me and my family. You know what I mean? So I feel like if we really want to get down deep in it, and I just came to this regulations as Mika was speaking, like I wouldn't be married to someone that I wouldn't trust to lead me, you know? So I should be a if we thinking about the submissive, like Mika's, I'm not talking about the one back in how I would have thought, but like, yeah, so I feel like if you're married to someone, you should be able to be submissive to that person because then y'all shouldn't be married or are we just getting in relationships just to say we in a relationship or we married, you know, like you should be able to trust that partner to lead you in the right direction because y'all previously talked, y'all, you know your goals, you know his goals, Y'all should be deep in where you should be able to submit to that person or know he wouldn't lead you into a role to get hit by a car, if that makes sense. I don't know. I might have been. Yeah. I think it makes perfect sense what you said, JM. Um, I have a different outlook on submission. I feel like um, each person in the relationship should submit to each other why does submission has to only cater to a woman submitting to a man? I feel like we should submit to each other. I just feel like it will work so much better because like, you know, 
sometimes they say it's supposed to be 50 50 or 80 20 or 70 30 whatever they got but I feel like we both should give 100 um because it's like it might be times that you're going the man is going through something and the woman has to take the lead so if all I've been doing is being submissive to you and nobody has been submitted to me to make me you know strong enough to handle things when you can't then everything is going to spin out of control I don't know. I just feel like it should go both ways. I don't think only a woman should submit to a man. I think it should be equal. Like both partners should be submitted to. So we just giving each other our all. It's just, it got to work. Like it, it won't fail. That's my opinion. I don't think it should be one way. Yeah, that's what Mika said. So that's why I was like, I agree with Mika. So I agree with you too. I feel like it should, y'all should work together. And a man shouldn't be so... Because I feel like a lot of men think it's like the macho-ness of something, but I want my man to be soft with me. Like, you know, I, I don't need you to be hard with me. I need you to be, if you want to portray the hardness outside, but be soft with me. Tell me your feelings. You know what I mean? Like, I'm cool with that. I ain't going to think nothing different from you. I'm going to actually feel special that you can open up to me. And, you know, because men are out here feeling like they only can be hard they can't show emotion they can't cry they can't do this so I definitely want to be my man's safe space you know so I do agree with the both should be able to be submissive or whatever my weakness you you, you feeling that in and vice versa so I'm his coffee he my sugar <laughs> so the closing out question is Overall, how does the, some of the, we only talked about some of the misconceptions of Black women, but how do misconceptions, like all of them, how do they affect us as Black women? Well, I think I'll just say, going back to what we were just the topic of submission, I think a big misconception with that is um, like the women have to be obedient and do all this subservient stuff, you know, um, for the guy. I think because of that misconception, we can miss out on a lot of, um, you know, good relationships or good opportunities to start good relationships. And I think that before we start taking on all of these um, misteachings and just um, stereotypical views of everything, that we should really try to um, internally do some, um, what I call it, um, internal revenue of yourself. <laughs> and just figure out what we like, what we don't like, and, you know, um, just come to a conclusion about how God made us and stop trying to take on the opinions and views um, that other people have. I would like to, um, oh. oh, go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. Oh, you could go ahead. You sure? Okay, thank you. Um, well, thank, I'm glad you let me go. I'm about to lose my thought. Uh, I'm trying to catch it. Um, Oh, okay. The misconceptions about Black women, unfortunately, has led a lot of men, especially Black men, because they don't want to complain about it the most. They think we can't be submissive. Like, they think we just talk back, always got an attitude, always down their throat. Like, they, I don't know, they think we can't be soft. Like, and I just think we are, like, the sweetest things ever. I think we're so delicate. And I think, um... I don't know. I think they should just stop being so close-minded, like and just and not looking at one woman as the experience you're gonna have with every black woman. Like you might have had someone who wasn't submissive, but maybe she never dealt with anyone who was worth being submissive to. So now that she have you, you might be a great guy, but she just don't know how to do that. So like, be patient. You know, teach her, like things that you would like to have done in a the relationship they be just so quick to give up on us and move to the next race when that's the grass not always greener on the other side so yeah I think they need more patience for black women the same amount of patience we give them or more um I believe a misconception that I would like to put out there is that black women can bear it all and not be don't need the protection like um yes we are strong yes we dealt with a lot and can handle a lot but we shouldn't have to like um so i i just 
I want to put out there in the world that we do want to have somewhere to run to. We don't want to only be the place to run to. Uh, we want to be soft. We don't want to uh, have to feel like um, we got to speak up aggressively for ourselves or whatever. So that's a misconception that I want to put out there. We are very soft human beings. Um, I think for the misconceptions and how like um, it may have affected some behaviors and stuff is what we were talking about earlier about um, how some stuff is seen as like ghetto and stuff so we might overcompensate so that people don't think that when and then we'll feel comfortable when it becomes like comfortable with everybody like I feel like if our curly hair our natural hair if that's what we want to wear at work in a professional workplace that's what we should just do we shouldn't like you know wait until it becomes like super accepted and I'm talking about not just everyone um like I know I've done this like I could have been wearing my natural hair but I didn't feel comfortable doing this. I just kept, kept straightening my hair and that's not the state that my hair should be in all the time. So I think that we should just, um, for some stuff, which we do, we do, um, we're good about stepping outside the box. I just think um, that she needs to be normalized a little bit more. Okay, um, ladies, I wanna thank you guys for joining us. I really enjoyed this conversation. And I would love to have you guys back on any other subject. I learned a lot from you guys. You really had my mind, you know, rolling around. You know, I really thought, learned a lot from you guys' opinion. So I really want to thank you guys for coming. Well, thank, thank you for having me. I love you. <laughs> and I want to thank you guys for joining Sister Talks again. Join us. You can check us out on YouTube. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you. See you later.